everybody welcome back to another episode of simply unprofessional i'm your host webby joining me tonight we got rob hey everybody it's rob and we got devin hey devin i hear and we got special guest avalos yet again the check's in the mail right yeah you owe us hopefully hopefully put it in the mail for us (laughs) we can't (laughs) afford stamps here at su um paypal is a thing I mean, yeah, we'll send you ten cents via PayPal, and then PayPal will take their cut. And you'll Venmo, like th- Venmo us, just Venmo. Us. <laughs> you heard, you heard it first here. Cheap asses try to pay for special guests by ten cents. <laughs> I mean, um, we, we usually pay based on the quality of the guest. If you'd like to oh. earn ten cents, please contact us. Simply, <laughs> 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 oh, I mean, I mean, like, 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 if it was like Bill Murray, we shot at least a quarter. That's true. Oh, okay, so. But he he's like we're diver, we're diverging anyway. <laughs> yeah, it, w- it wouldn't be actually we weren't diverging. So before we get into this week's issue, we had a few weeks ago we had talked about something, and then I had brought it up to Ross, you know, a little bit before that. But I just recently re brought it up to Ross. So Ross Boyd does our intro music for us, and he did the outro music and everything. He's he's a great friend, uh, and Devin, you had you had made an offhand comment about how how neat it would be to have the SU intro music done in a like in a different genre, essentially. So I pitched this idea to him, and he's fucking super excited, and he asked me for just a, a, a couple examples for him to start working on first. So. You know, maybe in the future here soon, uh, I might just toss in a random SU intro that's in a various different genre. I think, Devin, you said you wanted, like, cheesy porno music genre. Yep, and then uh, slow jazz. I I did tell him smooth jazz because I fucking hate smooth jazz. Uh, (laughs) What else I tell him? I I told him my... my, uh, Oh, Rob... Voted for like a a Disney cartoon intro kind of thing, like just Disney yeah. music. Um, I told him, I told him I wanted to hear the SU intro in like a. Uh, now yeah, these yeah. might these might sound like two very different styles of music, but I mean to me they're similar enough. But like a Beastie Boys or like a Run DMC style. <laughs> I'm with so, it. I'm with it. Yeah. There are two very different styles, but I'm with it. Yeah. So that's something that's going to be in the works. Um, I wasn't asked. I would have given you a really good example. Listen, you're a special guest, but what what genre would you have chosen? Um, so, everybody, we all know Webby's thoughts on this, and you'll understand when I say next. Uh, I feel like, like in an 
animated entrance music where the music is really hype and gets you ready to go like you're in a fight. Like, I love those songs. Like, Linkin Park songs are good, as an example. That's not necessarily tied to an anime. Okay, I like Linkin Park. I'm going to have him do a Nickelback version of the SU intro theme. How dare you? <laughs> you just went from... What? What's wrong with Nickelback? Why do people hate Nickelback? He we did should... nothing wrong. Yeah, right. But on the internet, everybody hates him. So he went I don't know why. It's like it's irrational. It's irrational hate. He did nothing wrong. Oh, that's true. Just everyone hates. There's got to be a reference somewhere. I don't know. There's not. There's irrational hate. I was around for it. Same thing with Guy yeah. Fieri. People just hate Guy Fieri for no reason. Also, the reason we didn't ask you, Avalos, is because you would have asked for a dollar for your ideas, and that would have bankrupted our entire year. Yeah, actually, we would not have been able to afford any other special guests. My hourly rate is over $30 an hour, so... Well, uh, how long have we been going for? About five minutes. Okay, Avalos, that was nice of you to join us. You need to get out now. We can't afford you. <laughs> all right, bye, everybody. Uh, all right, so this week we're going to be talking about... Um, the Legends of Vox Machina animated series on uh, Amazon Prime Video. They currently have six episodes out, and they have they've been releasing them three episodes each week on Friday. They have, I believe, six episodes left because they're going to be doing twelve episodes um, for this, and they've mm. already been renewed for another season. Yes. So, uh, how else are they doing? I think you're right. I think it's 12. So you're looking at another three episodes come uh, by the time you guys are listening to this. The three ep- new three episodes should be out. Um, and then three more episodes for the first season uh, next Friday. Um, now, I think I'm the only one who's actually watched the first arc or first campaign of Critical Role on, on Twitch. Uh, they started off at Geek and Sundry, and then they kind of snowballed and became their own entity. Um, and they play Thursday nights at, I think, 10 p.m. Eastern on Twitch. Uh, they are currently on their third campaign arc, I guess is, is what they're calling it. Um, the Legends of Vox Machina animated series follows... Right now, one of the arcs in their first campaign. It's the Briarwood arc, uh, essentially. Um, Now, not having seen the the playthrough on Twitch originally, uh, what are your guys' thoughts on the animated series? Let's, Let's start with Avalos. Well, so I love animated series, but I love stories in animation anyway so like i'm already at like a five out of ten as long as it, it's good and it, it it does its audience well so i will say it's not made for like your teenagers which is automatically bumped it up like a couple more points for me because you know if you can kill your party not the party but like you know the animated party in the beginning you know what i mean yeah. you automatically are at a different scale it's it's refreshing. It's not, it's something that it, it's like when you go to see like a, a stand up comic almost, like they break the fourth wall a lot, like, or, or, or that deal. And I feel like it has the same effect on me. Besides that, the animations are great. Some of the spells they've, because I am a wizard lover of the magics, uh, they've done a lot of those very well, I think. Um, yeah, I just like it. 
All right. Uh, Rob, what about you? Uh, I mean, just my thoughts on the whole thing. Yeah, like not having seen the them play through this this arc on Twitch, just this is essentially your first real dive into what their campaign one is. Um, mm. Is this animated series, like what are your thoughts on, you know, uh, do you feel like you're missing out on story? Um, uh, I didn't, they've... but then when you brought up things, I was like, oh, well, see, I wouldn't have gotten that unless you told me that that happened. So, like, there's things in there that unless you watched it, you wouldn't realize are things. Like, their hatred for doors, like, because that, I mean, they brought it up, but you didn't, like, because you said there was a whole issue where they're trying to break into a door before, like, a long time ago, and then other things, like, there's certain things in there that you don't, like, if you haven't seen it, you wouldn't get, but, like, things that you told me, like her trying to talk to the tree or whatever, when the tree roots, but the guy grabs her beforehand and you were like, Oh, you know, well, they probably still will have that. Cause that is kind of an impactful thing in the arc. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think like, especially for the people who have watched it, the scene where Keyleth goes and she is talking to the tree and she's reaching out for one of the roots. That was kind of a big thing in in the in the actual arc, watching them do that at the table, and I think like that was like a, oh man, this is gonna happen, this is gonna happen. Then Grog grabs her, and then they go on. So it's yeah, kind of like that's what I'm tease. saying. Like if you haven't watched the thing, you wouldn't know the significance of that. You just see her reaching out for the root, and the guy grabs her, and you're just like, right, okay. Uh, but I mean, other, like things like that. Obviously, you're not gonna get some inside stuff unless you've seen the actual live play. But I mean. Uh, other than that, I think it's really good. Okay. Devin? Uh, I, one other thing, though. I also thought that this was supposed to be the before part, like before people got to see. Originally, that's what I thought, too. Um, but apparently not. Uh, well, for those of you who want to know essentially where this picks up, the you know... The, because uh, the Briarwood arc is the main arc of this of this can- of this animated series. Uh, if you want to go back and either listen or watch the campaign, it's I believe this arc is the fifteen. It's fifteen episodes. And it's, it takes place between episodes twenty four and thirty eight on Critical Role Campaign One. So I will say, just to go back to Rob's point, though, there is a. Part of the reason why I think everybody has a misconception is the uh, the people, the, the team behind Critical Role are releasing a multitude of other media as well that kind of covers things from their first campaign and other campaigns. So, for example, their book Kith and Kin uh, came out, which is the story of X and Vex, um, written before the events of the uh I almost called their campaign two name Vox Machina. So like that's that. I know they're doing origin comics of like I think Rock has one. So like there's a lot of mediums out there that might be doing it. And that might be why people thought that because they probably said, oh look, a sneak peek of some animation, and there was like a teaser picture of like the crew or something. You know what I mean? So that that's just my opinion. But I do have Kith and Kin, so I do know that is one of them. Yeah. Uh, Devin, what about you? Um, I mean, initial initial take on it. Um, yeah. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I really enjoyed what I saw and me coming in basically blind because I haven't seen any of Critical Role. <clears throat> just because my schedule never lined up with Critical Role and I just never got to dive in and then I basically just never 
but I stopped listening to podcasts a while back, so I just never really got into it. I was that's why one of the things I was talking to you about before. I was like, uh, you know, if I get some time, I think I may go back and listen to Critical Role. And I was like, do you think I should start it before the show, or we usually wait and see until they, you know, they do the show because it's supposed to be covering some stuff that they went through. Um, which I, that's my counter question to you in a second here, but uh, yeah, no, just initially like, off, like I mean, genre wise, it matches up. I'm also a fan of big fan of animation. Um, so I think genre, I think the animation style in this is phenomenal. Yeah, no, I'm a big fan of just animated in general. Um, not just anime, but anim- animation in general. Um, one of the main reasons why I love Invincible that was amazing. Um, Prime actually has been killing it pretty pretty good in their uh, animation this year. Um, so yeah, uh, big fan of that. Uh, genre wise, D and D. Obviously, I love D and D. I wouldn't be here if I wasn't if I didn't for the most part. Uh, yeah. So I guess my back question to you, Webby, is um, based on what you've seen so far. Do you think? I know Rob kind of mentioned that some of this, like some of the, some of the some stuff is getting like some stuff that was played up as significant in the like in the tabletop is kind of not glossed over here but kind of just referenced um do you think it's worth the time to go back and because it's like it was 103 episodes to listen to all of vox machina or whatever uh, season one or something like that do you you think it's, it's worth it to go back and listen to all those or do you think this does a good enough job to get the gist without having to so and obviously they still have some more here. I don't know if they're going to continue with second season. If they're going to pick up that, is that going to be a campaign two thing, or is that going to be, you know what I mean? But as of what you've seen so far and how they've done it so far up to this point, what do you feel? Do you feel it's uh, well? So with them being picked up for a second season, I mean, it's called the Legends of Vox Machina. Uh, I they aren't. I highly, highly, ninety nine percent sure they're not going to just dive into their campaign two uh there is so much more that they did in campaign one that they can cover in the animated show um this is really just the first uh the briarwood arc is, is one of the better arcs but it's it's essentially one of the first arcs that they deal with in the twitch when they when they sat down when you sit down and watch them play um and they still have several other arcs to go through. Uh, so right. I'm pretty sure that they're going to cover probably those arcs in subsequent seasons if they keep getting renewed for this, which I'm sure they will. Uh, as far as do you have to go back and listen to appreciate the cartoon, the, the animated series? No, not at all. I think the animated series would be enough for you to get the story and you're not going to miss you might miss some of the subtle nuances like some of the like cuz they give nods to the people who watched them on Twitch you know and uh even in the fight scene when they locked themselves in their castle and they were fighting like those ghosts or wraiths or whatever those were um the big fucking table that's in there is a replica of the table that they actually sit and play at. That's just a nod to their, their Twitch set, you know? Um, so there are like subtle things that, you know, if you watch them on Twitch, you'll pick up on 
in the show, but I don't think that they're necessary for you to appreciate the the campaign or the story aspect of it all. Uh, you can definitely just go into watching the Legends of Vox Machina completely blind and not even knowing about any of the uh, Critical Role uh, D&D Twitch stuff. Um, yeah, do but... I think it's worth going back and listening to? <sighs> Absolutely. Uh, uh, I mean, whether you watch it or listen to it on a podcast, there's there's only so much that they can shove into uh, you know a 25-minute cartoon. Right, right, right. Uh, I mean, that's obvious from any scenario. I, you probably could say the same thing, like... Like, I will say, the scene where like they're, where they're in... Earlier. The scene where they're in Whitestone. Spoilers for anybody who hasn't seen this show and is listening. The scene in, in where they show up in Whitestone and they see the people hanging from the tree. Now, that's obviously, you know, they're dressed up like Vox Machina hanging from that tree in the show. You can tell that that is supposed to be them. But if you go back and you listen, or if you watch the episode where it shows them sitting at the table and Matt is describing, you see this figure, and then to the left of that, you see this figure, and to the left of that. It takes the cast a few, like, it takes the cast a good solid, you know, minutes for them to realize that that's supposed to be them. Like that's these people are depicting Vox Machina. And what I'm really glad for that they didn't do in the animated series is when Matt was describing that scene at the table, they even hung a bear to represent Trinket. You know? So I mean it was a that was one of the big like the cast was like, oh fuck, that's us. You know, so I th- I think especially watching old, you know, campaign one stuff, you get to see a lot of their emotions through some of those gut wrenching moments. Gotcha. So I definitely think it's worth watching and or listening if 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 you can't watch it on you know, would, okay. YouTube. Worth it was a worth it worth it was a bad thing. I, I guess a, a better thing to say is not so worth it would be, do you think it's required? But no. you got to answer that already. You said no. you don't think it's really required. It's just not at it's, all. It, it's not required. It's just a bonus. Yeah. Yep. If you are one of those people who love Easter eggs and love seeing little things put into something that you've enjoyed, go back and listen to campaign one, you know, cause they give little nods throughout the cartoon, which I don't even think I, I probably haven't even picked up on all the Easter eggs, you know, but like me having gone through and see, and like, but also you also run the risk of like going through, like I listened to all of campaign one and now having watched this, I know some of the things that I'm going to be expecting. I know what some of the things are that they've already showed that maybe you guys aren't aware of. And I guess that's kind of a spoiler for me, but at the same time, I've already listened to the story. So now I'm just getting, I'm getting to see the story that I love put into animation. So I guess it all depends on if you want things to get spoiled for you or, I mean, I suppose if you wanted to, you guys could go back and start listening to campaign one and when you start getting to the point where the animated series is, you guys can stop, continue watching the animated series, and then continue listening afterwards. But 
Right. It's all preference. You definitely don't need to listen to Campaign 1 to appreciate the cartoon. Right. So. Um, let me shift gears here for a moment. As far as the animated series goes, sorry, I'm scratching my ear. Let's start with Avalos. What's, I mean, there's only been six episodes that we've watched. They're 25-ish minutes long. So, I mean, they're pretty short. Um, what's your favorite moment that's happened so far? So, one of my favorite, well, like I explained, I'm a sucker for more of the arcaneness of games and all that. I'm always the wizard. Um, or mage. So one of the things that you never actually really see in at least the the uh, I'm gonna call it, I think it's Western style animation. That's the United States, right? I say says loves animation doesn't know. Um, so the, the like from the United States perspective, art style of animation, we don't really show like uh, resurrections or raising the dead at all. Like in many things, like it's always just like implied. So to see them animate. Uh, spoiler, Delilah using her necromancy to animate those wraiths that you were talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, that was really cool. Like we, I've never seen it such like that. And, and on the converse side, seeing what it was to her, like almost becoming inhuman, like losing something to do. You know what I mean? It, the whole process was great and well done in my opinion. Right. Um, yeah, honestly, I wish like, so I've been DMing for years and years and years now. And like I said, I, I watched the first arc and I looking at those things, like I really wish I could definitively say what those were, but I can't, they were like, they were ghosts or wraiths or possibly whites. I, I'm not exactly sure. Uh, I know whites have like life drain, so I, they might've been whites. I yeah. was kind of speculating on that myself. Cause I kind of uh, hooked uh, my roommate with, uh, on the show too. So, I, I will say that was a gnar- that, that was a gnarly episode when those things started to rip people apart and all that black ooze and stuff was coming out and I mean that was that was a good episode for sure. Um, Rob, what was one of your favorite moments so far out of the six episodes that we've seen? You're muted. <laughs> uh, I kind of like the part where facts. I think the Vax. guy. Yep, Vax. Uh, jumps out the window like after getting bit. He jumps out the window and then have that fight in the fountain outside. I like that part. Yep. Uh, Devin, what about you? Uh, I, honestly, I think one of my favorite parts so far is just we just think that um, in the first two episodes, the the twist with the black dragon. Okay. The blue dragon. Yep. The blue dragon. Yeah. How yep. they how they kind of like set it up to be? You thought it was going to be one guy, yep. and then. All of a sudden, it went the other way. Yep, Prim Scythe. Yep. So yeah, I yeah no, I really I really enjoyed that. I felt like they did they handled that really well too. So, for me, I'm I have a three way tie, and they're not like big. I guess. Well, I mean, they are epic moments, but the the three things for me. Uh, pro- in order of uh, least is is the wrong word, but my top three moments, starting with 
I, I guess the least. I, I don't know how else to word that. Um, seeing Simon. Simon is uh, Vax's snake belt. Uh, that was something that was referenced on the tabletop a lot. He had this belt that he could take it off and it would turn into a snake. Uh, and it would, you know, do its thing. And then it would always come back to him and just kind of rewrap around his waist and turn back into a belt. So it was cool seeing that animated. Second, watching Keyleth wild shape. Uh, especially in like the last episode, like the one that we just finished watching with you, Devin, where she's in the hallway and she sees um, one of those resistance members get pretty much brained by that hammer. And she just slowly, she she goes down onto all fours and then she just turns into a giant ass fucking tiger. Um, I I love seeing the animation of, of Keyleth wild shaping, but I honestly, Hands down, my favorite moment was also involving the Blue Dragon when they were fighting the Blue Dragon, and they all finally started working together to bring it down to a level where Grog could get to it, and Grog saying he wanted to rage. Because that's that was his catchphrase through all of Campaign 1, was anytime he would rage, he says, I would like to rage. And just seeing that and that animation style, like where his eyes just go just all white and, you know, you see his his body bulk up and his foot, you know, breaking the stone beneath him. Uh, Man, that moved me. (laughs) Makes me want to replay my my barbarians. Um, Man, I don't know what else to ask. That's just... I I have something I can throw in there for you. Sure. So of those, so we all know the the voice actors who play the characters. Which one of the voice actors or actresses or whatever they want to identify as, and the characters they play are your favorite? So like, you know, I can uh, lead with one. that. So I can I can lead with that. I I love Laura Bailey. 100% Laura Bailey lover because she plays Jaina and a whole bunch of other voices that I didn't know until I pulled up her Wikipedia page. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not a fan of Vex. Like, it, she's a great character, don't get me wrong, but it's not there for me, which I thought it was. The one I'm actually enjoying the most, oddly, is Sam Regal's character for Scanlan. Scanlan is fucking phenomenal. Right. Great. One of the greatest parts watching Campaign 1, watching them play, is every time yeah. Scanlan did something like Healing Word or or something that involved him singing, Matt had him sing. And he would constantly always sing like, um, like, uh, what's what's it called when you take, an, take a song, but then you replace the words? It's, uh... A a parody, yeah. He he would always do a parody of, you know, another song. Um, And that was one of Sam's, like, funniest moments. Sam is... Just Sam Regal as an actor is just... He's a character. Um, I even told Ross when I was originally watching Campaign 1, I was like, hey, you should look into this because a lot of the times watching Scanlan interact in-game reminded me of Ross because Ross would always walk around and he'd always have, you know, a guitar in his hand or a, you know, um, uh, 
a ukulele and he, he's constantly singing stuff and it just it definitely reminded me of Scanlan. Um, I will say when he used when he fell off the cliff and he used that big purple hand to raise himself back up, that was big. The, that was the spell Bigby's hand, um, which is a fifth level spell, which. If you're going, which, I mean, they don't have to because it's an animated cartoon, but if you're going for D&D realism, I guess, for him to have a fifth level spell, that means they're at least level nine. But wait, wasn't this originally played in fourth? No. Was uh, it? I thought, no. I thought season one of Critical Role was originally in fourth, wasn't it? Like nope. the first part of Critical Role. Nope. Maybe their home campaign but no I think it was all 5th they didn't have like the powers and stuff like the 4th edition had not that I remember I I do have a question though Um, for you Webby okay what from I mean obviously this is going to be hard to like pinpoint specifically Uh, this dialogue is a lot of this dialogue like written or is it reenactment of actual like cast interaction i think they had what they did is they had writers go back and watch like the episodes of the cast interactions and then they rewrote it in a more scripted dialogue like like what a writer would do for an animated show so they they did what i they did what i had said i was going to do um with you and Rob, Rob Tilly one stuck. game that I that was I thought about it for a long time, and I still want to do it one day. But that's just like a, such a project. When we were doing, uh, when I was caught doing Call of Cthulhu, where I was going to have you guys do it, like play the game, and then I was going to go back and listen to it again, like take out the dice rolls, mm. and then have you like have you guys like basically line out your like type out and line out your actual uh, like choices and stuff. But well, the choices with the dice to figure out what happened, and then uh, have you guys recite those, and then I was going to release two different two different episodes at a time, where one was going to be like the actual play, and one was going to be like the reenactment to make it seem more like a story. But that that was I thought about it for a long time. Like that that is a lot of work, and then I got a new job, and I don't have that kind of time anymore. So. <laughs> But I was gonna say you, I barely have, we've barely spoken in months, and I'm like, how are you gonna do this? But that does sound fun. This, this was an idea I had a, a while back when I had more time. Um, I, I still want to do it at some point because I think it'd be dope AF. Um, but yeah, but time and life and money, time and life and all that other fun stuff, exactly. Yeah. So I think. Leading on from that, I did have one other thing to say that I I find interesting. Yet again, I, I'm you're gonna be all gonna hate me, Dylan, on the magic. It's very hard for you to take something like D and D formatting, where every every spell is like a level, like you were talking about Big B's hand and all that. Um, and I go towards like like uh the the fight scene in the courtyard that was really cool between um, the Briarwoods and Vox Machina. What was Delilah doing? Like that, the spell, like when you animate magic, it's always the same thing. But when you have people who are going to compare it to, say, you know, D&D logic, like what was she doing? Because there's nothing that I know of that dark shadowy magic slams into Pike and bursts through her. 
Con- and then it's not even like that one time. That was the most aggressive. But every other couple seconds, she was throwing around shadows. Like, where is that? And can I sign up? Because I want it. You know? I was thinking about that, too. I mean, I'm pretty sure the, the, it's, written, it's written, probably just written off that she's a an NPC who is a... um. An NPC who has who is a vampire necromancer, so like she has access to different shit. True, that's fair. I'm just I'm just thinking about like because you know at least the the other ones that everybody else is doing, you can tie back like Keyleth with sunlight or day daylight. Yeah, uh, and know, also to uh, go back to what Wade was saying, I just looked it up. So when they began streaming, the characters had reached level nine. Yeah. So he would have had. Uh, Big Bigby's hand. Because so yeah, they yeah in their home campaign they had to they had to be in forty in their home campaign because their campaign that became Critical Role began in twenty twelve, and forty uh, didn't come out until or five didn't come out until twenty fifteen I believe. So they would have been playing fourth, which came out in two thousand eight when they first came out, or third, but I'm pretty sure they're probably playing fourth. Um, Cause I remember, like Matt Mercer did something with Fourth Edition. Like he was like, I, I feel like I remember him doing something with like Fourth Edition, like advertising Fourth Edition, vaguely. I but yeah, I, I, I feel like he. Uh... I'm muted, or Rob's muted, or Webby's muted. No, Webby's muted. Oh, I'm muted. I was talking. God yep. dang it. Yeah, yep. no, no, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> did you hear what I said about the meme of nine? Yes. Yeah, yep. So yeah, when they began streaming in 2015, where they started streaming it, they were level nine, so that makes sense. Um, and yeah, they, they they began their home their home campaign in 2012, but they didn't start streaming until 2015. So then in 2012, that would have made sense for them to be in fourth ed. So they probably just converted it to fifth ed when they came over. Mm. Now I was I was thinking about that spell because Avalos, you and I had that discussion the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, if she is, say she's not just an NPC class. If she, if she were to actually be a class, which I don't remember, um, I'm guessing she would be something along the lines of a warlock. Who is it? Deli- Delilah Briarwood. Let me see. Um, the wiki list her like list what she is. She's a wizard because she's a former like. If you spoilers. Um, she was an Archmage of Antiquity, or something. She was part of the Cerberus Assembly. So right, no, I get that. I'm just trying to see. If they list like her. They list her actual class. They don't. They list her level, and they list her AC, but they don't tell us her um, like what was her composition as a NPC. If that makes sense. Yeah. Oh, she is a wizard. School of Necromancy. Yeah. So. Um, she has shield, hold person, invisibility, missy step, counter spell, spell magic, haste, blight, uh, dimension door, disintegrate, finger of death, clone, feeble mind, power word, stun, and prismatic wall. Yeah, I so. just think I just think that it to continue your thought, Webby, but I was gonna say I thought they, they definitely created her. If not during when they were playing, maybe not so much, so maybe that was when they took it from. Depending on your thought. But they they've definitely referenced her afterwards. Yeah, and who created her into something? At least from the the game perspective, animation completely aside. Um, let 
You're muted. Probably. Uh, I looked up on the <laughs> Critical Role wiki, and uh, they did start off as 4th edition, but only for a short time. Then they switched to Pathfinder for most of the time that they were off-screen, and then when yeah, they started the game... game yeah, when they started yeah. the game to, to stream it, they switched to 5th edition. That makes sense. I do want to play the new Pathfinder 2 at some point. I gotta get the stuff. I do remember them. They do reference when you watch them playing on like their old Geek and Sundry set and whatnot. Uh, Matt, like they do get some of the rules mixed up and he's like, oh no, that was Pathfinder. You know, because that's what they played during their home campaign was Pathfinder. Um, so... Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm going to find an answer about this, about what, what spell she was cast, like specifically what spell she cast on Pike that went through her and broke her thing. He's going to call Matt Mercer. Yeah, if I have to, I will. I will I will reach out to Matt Mercer. I'll be like, yo, he has what one spell? Favor for Matt. He has one favor for Matt Mercer. He's willing to cash it in just for that. Yeah. Uh, be Good. like, yo, what, what spell was Delilah casting on Pike? So, I just I, I honestly think like I mean do what you, you want to search for, but I think it's just creative liberty. Like like and, and it mostly and it, it very well could be, you know. And, yeah, because so. you it, well they you, said too that it wasn't actually a curse on Pike that it was all in her head, so maybe she didn't do anything. Well, no, she definitely had a spell cast at her because you see it go through, and then that's what breaks her holy symbol. But whether you know. Whether it be blight or or what, uh, I mean, I could probably even reference go back and and watch the the episode where that happened and see if if Matt says what he casts, essentially using her. So, I mean, it's not super important. It's just I'm always fascinated because obviously you can tell like a bow strike or you can tell right. like a whatever, but when it comes to things that are Bigby's hand or like in the hallway where Scanlan tried to cast lightning bolt because that was a big thing was Scanlan would always cast lightning bolt at people, but if you ever watched like the original campaign one intro that they made, he shoots lightning bolt out of his crotch. That was his big thing. He always shot lightning bolt out of his crotch. <laughs> You would so, think there'd be a singe. Yeah. Um, so going back to Avalos's question, as far as whether it be voice actor or or character, you asked us who our favorites are. Yeah. So to just recap, because we've had a minute in between. Uh, if you had like other characters of Vox Machina, and you know, like like I said, for me, it was voice actor based. Like love love the Laura Bailey. Um, and then you would go and like, but she plays Vex, whom great character, not my favorite. Do you have one of the characters that you're is a favorite of yours, or you, anything of the sort? All right, well let's start that with Rob. You're muted again. Do you have a favorite character so far of these six episodes that we've seen? Um, who's your favorite out of Vox Machina? Uh. Mm. Not really. Okay. So you you just do you feel like you haven't watched enough of it to garner a favorite, or do you just not like the characters enough to have a favorite? It's not that I don't like. The, it's like I like them all, but I don't particularly like one over the others. It's not like I don't like them. Okay. <laughs> uh, I don't. I just yeah. I don't know. They're all kind of like I don't know. No one stood out to me as being above the rest, but I like all the characters. Okay. 
Uh, Devin, what about you? Uh, I think my favorite character is probably Kaleth. Kaleth, all right. Yeah, I like Kaleth. Uh, I think the druid, you know that. Marisha Ray gets a lot of flack through campaign one from from viewers and fans. Uh, because, you know, going from... Whether it was going from a home game to coming onto set and having, you know, all these people watching you now and how nerve-wracking that could possibly be. Uh, Marisha played Keyleth off just like she just like she was portrayed in the show where she's like, she's very nervous. And sometimes she doesn't cast the right spell. And that's, you know, the player, that's a player mistake. Uh, not necessarily a character mistake. Like when she shot lightning bolt at a blue dragon, <laughs> like, or, or call lightning on a blue dragon. Um, you know, so, uh, Marisha got a lot of flack from people through arc one, but I think it just added to the charm, the, yeah, the charm and the dynamic of the group. You know, she is arguably one of the youngest characters in Vox Machina and she has a you know a, a very heavy mantle on her shoulders to to try to carry through her armante and you know doing all that um also this is a lot of the a lot of the actual like cast members like uh you know were new to D&D you know tr- this was Travis Willingham this was an introduction to D&D for him when they played at their home game before they started actually like streaming it uh for Geek and Sundry um and it was all because essentially I believe it was Liam who approached Matt and it was I want to say it was Sam's birthday I I think they were doing it for Sam and Liam's like hey can you run a D&D game for for some of us as like a birthday, you know, thing for Sam and whatnot. Cause Sam was definitely very new to D and D. He didn't know, he didn't know what spells he had or how to use them. And it, it all added to the charm of them learning as a group, you know, it was Liam. I think it was Liam's birthday. Was it Same Liam's story. birthday? Yeah. yeah I knew it was for a birthday. Yeah. Cause they pulled in, um, because the reason Ashley Johnson joined them was cause Liam was working with her. Right. And they needed somebody to pull in. And that was like the deal. So, but just to correct you on that thought, but I agree. And also I like Devin's thought. If I had to, I like Scanlan because of the, the funny and all of that. But, um, Keyless is, is definitely like my number two, just from a character perspective, because I think that's everybody. She represents everybody else. Like, you know, that's the one you can default into and you're nervous and all that. So it's, it's a great, like, if you're not the, stereotype and every year the other directions so um i hands down my favorite character grog all through campaign one i fucking love grog he if i had a spirit animal grog is it he i think travis plays him awesome he plays to his semi low intelligence uh but every so often has that you know, that pearl of wisdom and, you know, he says something smart. And then the second he says something smart, somebody comments on how smart it was. And then Grog, he just plays it off. Like, I don't remember what happened, you know? Um, and watching his interaction with Pike, because in campaign 
you know, in 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 the, in the first campaign, Pike and Grog were were besties. Um, and it was always sad because Ashley at the time was was shooting blind spot, and so there was a lot of time in campaign one mm. where she would she'd be back for like two two or three sessions, and then she'd have to leave for a month and go to New York and shoot blind spot, and then she'd be able to come back. So she was in and out of campaign one constantly. Um, but just seeing seeing Grog and Pike interact with each other, I think, is, is probably my favorite. <clears throat> so. Um, all right. Do any of you have questions that maybe I can answer? I don't, probably not, but. Uh, off the top of my head, I don't have any, but I know I'm sure I'm still gonna pop up a text message you later about it. Crash you next time about it. So, Rob, I have a question for you. Of all the people that I've seen, because you've you've seen all the episodes to date, correct? I'm not like making an assumption. Episodes of what? Of the of the cartoon? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I was about to say the whole reason we hear. Okay, bye, everybody. <laughs> we're done. He doesn't remember. Um. Well, I, seeing that. The the gift that's posted right there, I would think Percy, just from that that mask. I don't know why, because as, I think as, it's because as Rob's favorite. Yeah, because he has that. He has a witch doctor's mask, don't you, Rob? Didn't you the one who have that? I don't Not a witch doctor. doctor. I'm sorry, plague doctor. I don't know the plague doctor's mask either. Yeah, mask. I made all of this up. <laughs> uh, forgive me, I'm drunk. Wow, Avalos thinks Rob's real dark. <laughs> you got a real dark soul, Rob. He does, and then he tries to laugh about everything. I swear to you. I will say I do see... I feel like I do see Percy being one of Rob's favorites later on. Um, I, I'm. I, it's not like I don't like them. No, <laughs> like I'm I not don't... saying that you don't like them, but I mean, everybody tends to gravitate towards, you know, a favorite eventually. Uh and if you don't like, have one yet, that's perfectly fine. I, I'm just saying I'm putting money on the fact that I think Percy's going to be one of your favorites later on. Okay. I mean, I don't really have a favorite out of season two either. Listen, you can't you can't be devil's advocate all your life and 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 just like everybody all the time. Okay. You can't. You gotta have a favorite. I can say this: my favorite air quotes NPC, hundred percent. I forgot the name already, but Sean's ghost. This little ghost helper that flies around. In his oh, shop. Rodrigo. Yeah, Rodrigo. Yep. Love Rodrigo. That's my boy. Gilmore <laughs> is fucking fantastic. I love Gilmore. Yeah, Gilmore's dope. Um, there are also, general. I don't know if anybody else has noticed, there in almost every episode, there tends to be an NPC somewhere in the, either the background or whatever. A lot of them, obviously, voiced by Matt Mercer. But there tends to be an NPC that looks like Matt Mercer. <laughs> Yeah. Um. Like in one of them, it was the guy who took all the the weapons when they went to the banquet, uh, and then they had to get them back, and Grog just threw his ass against the wall. Yep. Uh, another one. I think it was one of the ones that was playing with Trinket at one point outside. But yeah, every every episode tends to have one that looks looks like Matt Mercer. Um. Let me see. I don't think I have any other questions. I mean, there's uh, there's only six episodes out, and again, they're only 25-minute episodes, so I don't even necessarily know that we have enough that would make, like, a movie-length 
quite yet. Well, maybe, yeah. All six of them probably about a movie length. But I, yeah, but so so we're also reason, like mid arc. So was I was gonna say so we're we're there we're six six out of twelve in right. Um, it the questions are there's not really so many questions. It's more as like I like this and I love that. Yeah, and it, it's kind of like things that are happening. I guess my question is: Is there anything that? is so different from let's say the campaign arc setting to the point where we are now that you're like they they change that and do you approve maybe only one one or two and do you approve of the change because it went from a a a game that was on a live stream to an animation uh before you answer i can tell you one thing that changed apparently because i looked up the episode to see what maybe they said what spell that they used on pike but apparently pike was not in that fight in the original live play it was a, a guest star playing a tiefling named lilith who was with them instead of pike so pike wasn't even in that fight in the original show really so i don't know what spell yeah oh. they had a guest star playing a tiefling named lilith I during that fight i don't i don't remember lilith uh, so she was disguised as a human uh, servant, but then... Was that Mary McLaughlin's character? Let me see. Season, arc, season one, or, or campaign one, had a lot of Kit special Bus. Who? It says Lilith the, the Tauntry, the Tiefling Wizard guest Kit Bus. Oh, I don't remember. Currently disguised as a magic as a human servant, enters the scene, and the seeker asylum appears out of a wardrobe into the Briarwood's bedroom before leaping down to Vax and pulling him away from the attacking nobles. I don't even know who Seeker Asium is either. A S S U M. Apparently they were involved. Yeah. Yeah, Seeker Asium and They showed them at the banquet hall and they 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 it, it was like one of those things where like they announced them, they showed them, and then they continued announcing people, and they switched scenes. So it happened very fast. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, him and Lilith were involved in the fight, and Pike was not. So they changed that. But that's why I guess that's why you don't recognize whatever she did to Pike because she didn't. Oh, maybe. <laughs> I I do know that they had the the older brother from Boy Meets World. Um, I forget his name. Uh, he um, he was a special guest. Uh. And- was just on the tip of my tongue. I'll remember it when you're mid-sentence without talking about something else. They also had um, Felicia Day was a special guest. They had uh, fuck. What's the guy from Star Trek there, Rob? Will Wheaton Wheaton was a special guest. Uh, They also had the guy from oh, he does all like the uh, Comic-Con panels. Um, man, I'm real bad with fucking words and names today. Sorry. <laughs> uh, let's see. Wilford Dell. Wilford, yeah, that was yeah. See, I told you mid sentence about something else. Uh. According to the Wikipedia, uh, oh, Jason Charles Miller. Who, yep, he was there. He's the guy who does their music. Yeah, Chris Hardwick was the one that I, I couldn't think of just a second ago. 
He was okay. a special guest, which I think I believe Vex ended up stealing something from him. Uh, and then because because she did that, she, Matt actually ended up giving her an alignment shift. Um. Oh yeah, I kind of do remember the Tiefling wizard now because she was albino. She was like a pure white Tiefling. Yeah, uh, well, Patrick apparently Rothfuss, Kit, who was the, the the guest that played Lilith, uh, is not an actor. She's uh, the artist that created Critical Role's portraits. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, let's see Chris Perkins um, Will Wheaton Darren DePaul uh, who voices Reinhardt in Overwatch uh, was a special guest Uh, uh, John Heater Heater I think is uh, Napoleon Dynamite. I don't remember. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. But yeah, they had they had a lot of uh, guest stars in Campaign One. Apparently, you have Felicia Day to thank for Critical Role because it says here that uh, Ashley Johnson was talking to her about the home game that they were playing, and she's the one that invited them to come on the Geek and Sundry and play it. Well, yeah, because Felicia Day is, I believe, the I want to say like CEO of. Geek and Sundry? She's like the Sundry creator. Dro- yeah, sure. She's like a creative director or something. Yeah. Yeah. So. I think that now that I have the Wikipedia up, there's a lot of guest characters. Yeah. And you know what? Um, I know nobody can answer it. Is there any roles that you can. Roles. Is there any um, scenes that you can think of that from what we we have seen as an animation they've changed really quickly where I not I have a follow up question if you can um from what we what from what they've covered so far uh ones that they've changed from the campaign to the thing I know I I feel like okay I I I know I talked to to Rob about this is in when they get to Whitestone and they talk to Keeper Yen and they bring they bring the party down into like the basement of like a tavern uh, and it's all like already like there's you see the sun tree of roots coming in and you know they have like their table set up and everything if I remember correctly in the actual campaign they do hide in the basement of a tavern but Keyleth ends up doing a lot of um uh, meld stone or, or 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 move earth. She she ends up digging a hole for them to hide in, and that's where she ends up running into the sun tree roots, because she digs far enough in where she ends up uncovering the roots of the sun tree. Um, so I mean that was a little bit different because they didn't have her do any of like the uh, move earth or whatever. So. Makes sense. Um, no, well, I just know that like there's there's practicality and adaptability in animation. So, you know, sometimes you have to. I will say, okay, one thing that they didn't show, and that they haven't touched upon yet, that was I f- I feel like was a big deal, because when you start off Critical Role Campaign One, 
Like at, like the very first one that was was on Twitch that they broadcasted. They're in like a dwarvish city. They end up going into like the Underdark for a while before they come back and deal with Percy's story arc and all this. And before that, so something that happened essentially in the home game is they had met with Allura, who if you look in the general chat right now, she's the one covering her face. They end up going into her tower and something happens where her tower starts to get destroyed and starts toppling over. And the the group or one of the members tries to grab a rug to use as almost like a parachute to try to slow their fall and ends up being a flying carpet that the party ends up keeping and having with them. Um, and I'm surprised they haven't had, haven't shown that yet. But yeah, otherwise, no, I mean, I can't think of too many things that they haven't shown or, or, or anything that they've changed directly. Okay. I mean, yeah, I would agree with you. I think something like that. It's also because been years since I've seen campaign one. So. Fair. I was, I know the, the, cause I watched the first episodes like once or twice just to rewatch it. Cause you know, get over the shock factor. And I watched it during the day when I, when it first came out on Friday during lunch. Um, <laughs> So, uh, but Allura, like, she was like, oh, ragtag band. Like, she didn't have much of a reaction. It wasn't great. It wasn't like, who's this? But you know what I mean? Right. So. Um, well, I mean, with that, we're at about the hour mark already. If anybody has any closing thoughts on the show, questions, if you want any spoilers, I'm not going to give them. I can't. Sorry. No, I don't want to spoil this. I'm the one who doesn't care about spoilers in this group. I don't usually care either, but this is releasing on a regular... It was releasing like once a week. I'd be... And like one episode would be Friday, I'd be pissed. But... Yeah. I... So here's my question now, regardless. Uh, uh, not necessarily for the show, but... Are you guys more of a fan of, like, say, Amazon Prime's release schedule, where they release three episodes a week... Or are you more of a fan of the one episode a week that like regular TV does or like what Netflix does where it's like, here's all of a first season of a show? Right. I don't know. I mean, I, it's, I, I like Netflix sometimes because uh, it lets me watch it at my own pace. Because then the issue is sometimes too is sometimes they'll like do like, and that's like my issue with Young Justice right now. They released 13 out of 26 episodes in like weekly. Um, and then they, they're in like a break and then they're releasing part two at undetermined amount of time later and they start releasing that. So it's like, I, I, I kind of forget about it in the interim. So like, I feel like if I fall like a week or two behind, I can always go back, but then I, I always run the risk of forgetting about it, like coming out weekly. Mm. But if it's right there, it's one of those things I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah, here we go. You know, in three episodes, this works out perfectly. Cause it's like, I can, I don't mind this either. Like, this is fine. Um, I would prefer not one episode every week though, but like, I don't, I have too much too much stuff going on yeah. in my life where like, it's like, I need that. I need like that good, like hour and a half where I can sit down and be like, all right, cool. I can, I can bang out some episodes real quick. Right. I kind of agree with Devin. I like the, so Netflix recently. And so like arcane um, from uh, riot for league of legends, that tie in, they did the three a week release for three weeks. So there was nine total for them. Um, I like the three format because it feels like it's you're not waiting a week for 
one episode to then have to wait for the next one it's like a nice chunk of time you can block out like especially with life like people love to binge and i think this is the perfect balance between binge and like you know what i mean um like a release schedule especially because animation takes so much time to create so you know what about you rob yeah give it now why wait so you're more of a fan of the Netflix thing where it's like, all right, just give me all of season one. I'll yeah, watch kinda. it. I'll watch it whenever I feel like watching it. Yeah, and it's like, oh, this way it forces you. Like, I could watch three episodes and stop if that's what I wanted. Like, I don't have to watch all of it, so why not just give it all to me? <laughs> I will say, I think I'm more of a fan of the Netflix way. But if I'm going to have, like, that... That, that teaser kind of feeling like you would if you were watching, say, like a, a regular TV show and you have like one episode a week and they leave you on that little cliffhanger and it's like, ah, you got to wait till fucking next week to fucking do it. But you only got that one episode in. Uh, I would I would rather do it the Amazon Prime way where it's like, OK, like even with the Wheel of Time, they gave us three episodes at a time. So we were able to watch the three episodes. But then when you're done that third episode, you're like, God damn it. Is it next Friday yet? I want more. Like, I don't like the feeling of wanting more. But at the same time, it gives me that craving. So when it does come out, I'm excited. So it, it's it's a little give and take. I, I, I like the ex- the excitement of looking forward to something to watch on a very specific, like next, you know, this upcoming Friday, the next three episodes of Critical Role or, or you know, Legends of Vox Machina. But at the same time, I would probably be more inclined to say, yeah, just release all of them at once and I'll just watch them as I want to. So... But then if you binge through every single fucking one of them and you blow through all of the first season, then you're like, God damn it. Now I have to wait for second season to come out. So. Yeah. Plus, I don't know if you've seen, at least I just noticed it the other day, that they're doing uh, watch parties with people live and Twitch. Yep. So like you you doing it the, the Netflix way, they couldn't do that. Right. So, yeah. like, I, I guess it, it, like, to your point, it's a definite in between balance of, like, whatever they want. Now, who says they they may not do this for season two? Because season one was funded by them and purchased by Amazon. So now that Amazon put, is going to front the money, it could completely change. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, we're over the hour mark, so I guess we can end there unless anybody has any other questions or comments they want to make on uh, the Legends of Vox Machina animated series on Amazon Prime Video. Shout out. Free sponsor. Not hearing anything. Uh, I guess that's the end of this episode. Uh Rob, do we have a science corner? I know. I think my mom asked you about a science corner this week. Yeah, and I don't remember what it was. I've been dragging my brain trying to think of it. Yeah, I don't I remember, remember either. So I, I remember, say, I remember saying, <laughs> I remember saying I knew the answer, and then you said something about that if you know that your mom was like, well, you could just argue anyway, like you're ice giants or whatever. Yeah. Now I can't remember what the question was. Yeah, shit. It probably had to do with space. I don't know. My mom's spacey. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh shit. 
I, I don't know. I don't, honestly don't remember now. It was just like two days ago. <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't remember either. I Actually, I don't think it had to do with space this time. But I, You know I what? <laughs> Shout out to my mom. She's asked Rob lots of you know Science Corner questions and she, whatnot. Uh, you need to start writing these down, Ma. You need to send them to Rob on Facebook or something. He, so he that does. Way he has, <laughs> That's yeah. when I remember is when she says to me on Facebook. Don't ever give Rob a Science Corner in person. No one will remember the conversation that we had, so write it down. Breaking news. All Sinus Corner questions come from Webby's mom. Most of them do. <laughs> so why is it science questions with Rob? Why isn't it like, you know... Because Rob <laughs> Rob looks up... She just has the questions, and Rob looks up the answers and has Science Corner. <laughs> and then there's a dark, and then there's a barking dog. Oi! Yep. Hey! I mean, that she's is quiet for now. Yeah, you yeah, are she grounded. She's like, episode's almost over. I gotta Go get to my your room in. without dinner, even though your bowl's constantly full. <laughs> mm-hmm. She's got mouse brain again. She's in the kitchen sniffing the cabinets. All right, so no. Oh, I no remember what it was. Oh. It was how distilled water was made, because we were talking about oh boiling yeah, boiling water. water, and I thought that was distilled. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, yeah. So distilled is boiled, but what happens is that with distilled water. Because, like, in the grocery store, if it says spring water, that can be anything. Like, it can be from a, a, res- a town, a city reservoir, or whatever. Uh, distilled water, it has to be boiled. It's boiled in, like, a container, and as the, the water is boiled, it turns into, like, a mist. Like, normally, like, if you're boiling stuff on the stove. Uh, so then there's another thing that collects the mist and reconstitutes it back into water. So as it's boiled into mist, it loses, like, all the stuff that was in it stays behind, like any kind of minerals or metals or whatever. It stays in the pot that's been boiled, whereas the water is now completely and utterly free of anything. So that's distilled water is basically flat, just water, nothing else in it, no minerals, no vitamins, right. no, no anything. Now, I remember part of this conversation, isn't distilled water not good for you to drink? I mean, it's fine for you to drink. It just doesn't have anything. Like, sometimes people get, like, things like some vitamins or iron or whatever from water. Um, usually, distilled water, I mean, it, it it's basically just flat and just water. Like, you can drink it just fine. Um, it's just, it, they use that in a lot of medical equipment. Like, for my, uh, my CPAP machine, I'm supposed to use distilled water. I just use, I use the tap water and then I just wash it out. Because yeah, because it does the same thing where it, it like mist turns the water into mist to keep your nose and stuff from drying out. So you're supposed to use distilled water because then it ends up leaving all the crap on the bottom of the thing. So, but I just I clean it out. It, so I still use, but but distilled water is supposed to be for stuff like that. You can drink it. It's not going to hurt you to drink it. It just doesn't have anything in it. It's just plain water. Hmm. All right. Well, there we go. Now I know. Yeah, a lot of times when people have allergies to certain things that could be in water, you use distilled water. Like it's basically just like if you're cautious, if you're worried about anything, drink distilled water instead of spring. Right. All right. And do we have a life advice with Devin? Devin, you got life advice for any of us? Um. I want my fortune cookie, Devin. Yeah. Uh, here's a. I have a visual bad life advice, but that's going to be for after this. 
Okay. Um. Uh, life advice is hard, folks. Sometimes, especially when it's like you can't say when you're caught off guard. We ask you. This I'm, I'm not, I'm not off guard. It's just. It's just. <laughs> I, I don't have any like wisdom. It quotes in my head right now. Um. Uh, Be your own cheerleader, everybody. I'll always go back to my own, my, my oldie but a goodie life advice. When you're sliding down the banister of life, make sure all the splinters are facing the right way. Yes. Or or equally, never keep your lube and your icy hot next to each other. Wow. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> good life advice. <laughs> Here I thought we were being like super for real. I was about to give a, a heartfelt quote. I mean, you, you're you can. welcome. Yeah, special guest Avalos life advice. Let's go. We don't so, pay extra for this, just so you know. Yes, you do in no, different ways. No, we don't. <laughs> We've spoken to no. the SU lawyers who can't afford it. We should it. create a new, whenever Avalos is the guest star, we'll create a new section. It's the I hate it here moment with Avalos. Yes. <laughs> no. Um, no. So, uh, probably some really good life advice I have heard that, whatever is uh, when you're working towards something, you always shoot for the moon, because even if you fail, you reach the stars. There you go. Did they wash spaghetti? My my visual life advice is, if you ever wind up, you ever find yourself making spaghetti, but you really really want Alfredo, if you put it in the dryer, or the washer, it will undo it. Uh, Typically, (laughs) the stars are way farther away than the moon, so you're more likely to miss those, but... You know what, Roberto? <laughs> Alrighty! <laughs> Where can people find you on the internet, Avalos? Considering the last time I was on here, I gave the wrong Twitter handle, and I still don't remember <laughs> the right Twitter handle. We'll come back to me. Okay. Where can people find you on the internet, Rob? You can find me on Twitter at Confessor underscore X, and on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Confessor X. And where can people find you, Devin? You guys find me on Twitter at DMP underscore Pookie. You can find me on Twitch and Mr. D3. And as always, you can find me on eBay. Um, you're going to buy buying some new life advice books because, uh, yeah, I need to be helping you guys out with some life advice. All right. Coming back to Avalos, where can people find you on the internet? So it is X Avalos on Twitter. X Avalos on Twitter. And as always, everybody, you guys can follow me on Twitter at Jax Forest Walker, all one word, on Twitch at DM Webby, and on eBay at Washing Devon Spaghetti, which honestly sounds way worse now that I said it out loud than it did in yeah, my that head. Terrible. <laughs> that Thank you for terrible. listening. And I hope you enjoy and fuck Booster Gold. Feel so scarred. I do every week. <laughs> I can't wait for Ross to make some of these intro music so I can just periodically throw one in there and just confuse people. Washing Devin Spaghetti. Why though? Oh, it sounds so bad when you say it out loud. Just a bit. <laughs>